All right, that's good. That's good. Uh, so we had fifth. I, I did. I did this story on the air this morning, and and Jonesy's never done this. We had 15 minutes of incidents on Friday night. I thought I was. I went to Columbus on um, uh, Saturday and played golf at Muirfield Village. So, and I was just going to be away, just going to be away Saturday. So, I thought let's eat out on the porch Friday night. So I got her a crab cake and and I had some chicken and we were we were sitting out on the porch eating. And she reached down by this table, and apparently um, a nest of, of, um, of um, uh, what, what, what the bees? What am I trying? Not honeybees, but... Uh, Yellow jackets? Yeah, those people. Um, oh, no. Had made a nest under the table. So next, oh, thing no. I, next thing I know, she's hopping up, and she's yelling and screaming, and she got stung like three times. Um, uh. So we go inside, and... Uh, She's starting to put whatever lotion she's starting to put on it, and about five minutes she's starting to calm down, and it was just kind of a chaotic little five, ten-minute scene. And then for the first time in his life, he's 11 years old. I don't know where he got it. Jonesy hops on the bed with a, ma- with a mouse in his mouth. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? Wow. Um, and he's, yeah. And I'm like, would you drop that? Um, <laughs> right on the bed. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what he did. Um, so now I'm I'm I I run for gloves. I got like a hazmat suit, and I'm <laughs> and I'm picking up this mouse with paper towels and gloves and stuff. And I just go on the porch and I just fling him. I don't know if he was dead. I don't know if he was alive. I don't know what he was. Oh my goodness! But but for like ten minutes, I'm like, what 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 the hell? Um, <laughs> She, um, it was just, and, and now, and, you know, and, and I told Lisa about 10 days ago, he's not really allowed in the kitchen that much because he knows where his snacks are. And he jumps up, he jumps up, opens up a cabinet and starts tearing into his snacks. So we don't allow, jeez. So we don't allow him in the kitchen that much. But when he's in there, I said for the last 10 days, he's been sitting over in a corner, just staring at the corner. And and I and he's I, here's what I've learned about him. You can't say he thinks he sees something. He has seen something. Um, <laughs> and and he would just make a bitch about leaving the kitchen. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> I know you don't. Uh, I know you don't want to leave, but let's go. Um, and and I guess finally he got his man. So. Yep, he's been <sighs> stuck in the house. Oh my god. Jeez. I love- so the, the, the wasp, though, didn't, didn't impact him too much? The what didn't? The wasp, or the um, yellow jacket. Well, like she got stung. Like... She got stung, not him. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, no, he just brought the mouse. Um, Goodness gracious. He's, Y'all eating outside? Look, I got something to eat. Um, <laughs> and he never goes That's... outside. I mean, this, I don't know. You know, I said to Lisa, I said, now I, I, I got to run somewhere and get, I guess, a trap or, or a little... Um, some sort of kind of trap, I guess. You know, if there's, um, he found one. Now we live wow. down, we live downtown, so I mean, it's it's not totally out of the realm of possibility, but. Uh, <laughs> Never a dull moment. Jeez, Christopher. <laughs> All right. Everybody doing okay? Yeah, yeah. Good. Everybody's doing good. good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um. All right. I will uh, do a little introduction, and off we'll go here. Sounds good. 
Beth Ann Nichols covers the game for Golf Week and GolfWeek.com. Beth Ann was at the Solheim Cup last week. Pleasure to welcome Beth Ann Nichols back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, B.A.? Oh, I'm, I'm recovering from hmm. a, a fantastic week. I, I don't know what day it is, though, because this whole Solheim Cup ending on a Monday has, has royally confused me. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, okay. Uh, we couldn't be there. We could only watch it. Tell me, tell me what it was like on the ground. Tell me what the atmosphere was like. Well, the first tee, and actually the 10th tee, was, was absolutely fantastic. You know, that horseshoe around the double tee, absolutely jam-packed, rocking with fans. Bubba Watson rapping uh, on, on Monday before this, as in between singles matches, was a highlight. Uh, you know, it just it, it was the, the biggest crowd that the Solheim Cup has ever had. They said 130,000 people for the week. The biggest build-out. Uh, you know, the, the the merchandise was basically sold out before the competition started, it seemed. I mean, when I went in there the day before uh, the first match, it was, you know, really picked over. They they just they had so many people early in the week before it even really got underway. It was it was unprecedented. And then with COVID and shipments, they couldn't restock everything and 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 Labor Day weekend, you know, so it was uh it was it was so good to see after seeing so many events with no people and nothing. I mean, I was thrilled merchandise was selling out. <laughs> did did going into this, did we have any idea that Bubba would be as participatory as he was? No, I had no clue. And he said only only fifteen or so people knew that this was in the works and he wanted to surprise the team. He he obviously had worked it all out with, with, with Pat Hurst, the US captain and, and the assistants knew, but you know, for the most part it it was a surprise to everyone. And he was there starting on Monday for the team dinner and throughout the entire week, headset on, you know, just right smack dab in the middle of everything. And and the players seemed to love having him there. The fans certainly enjoyed it. And he just, he just really, honestly, he brought a lot to the event. I mean, his social media following <laughs> alone, he, you know, he has a high, he has, you know, more than, than, you know, anyone else, anyone on both teams, you know, he obviously has a, has a bigger social media presence and, and it really, it really meant a lot having him there. Before we move on to the play, you talked about the atmosphere. Two years ago, well, four years ago, it was in Des Moines and, and now Toledo. Does it benefit do you think the Solheim Cup benefits from from being held in cities sort of of that size? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, these are these are markets that you know the LPGA, regardless if it's a Solheim or not, you know, it's it's going to be you know a home run in terms of atmosphere and crowd support because they don't you know they don't get you know big events very often you know in these areas and it's it's the main thing and so uh, you know it, it's certainly. You know, it, look, it was a lot better than than the crowd support that we saw in in Colorado, which which was, you know, the one prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I think I think when you just look at at location, it matters so much for this because when you're watching it on television and you see packed galleries and you hear roars, I mean, it just it just elevates what the whole event means and, and how important it is. Cause it is the crown jewel of the LPGA in terms of, you know, it's LPGA owned and, and, and that it, it really matters picking that venue, but it also has to, you have to have a presenting sponsor. It's not like you just have to have a willing golf course 
there's Rolex, there's Ping, and then there has to be a third one. And this year it was Marathon. So, you know, there's a there's a lot that goes into finding the next site. And, and from what I understand, they're not even close right now for what 2024 is going to be. You know, I, I asked Ron Syrak this last week before the event. Do you think the Solheim Cup has benefited from all the fervor that we get for the Ryder Cup? I guess, you know, we're just now all psyched up about these team matches. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think, but I, I think if they're really close, like, like, you know, we'll see in two years' time, it's going to be back-to-back Spain and then Rome for the Solheim Cup and the Ryder Cup. And I think, I think you will have a great buzz around that and, and a lot of crossover media that will, will cover both when typically they might not. But I also think it's important that if, if it's not going to be like on top of each other, you know, like we're at the same venue, same market where, where you can really capitalize, then it needs to be spread apart on opposite years, mm-hmm. in my opinion, to, to really to really get the maximum. It needs to be one extreme or the other in order to maximize it, I think. Otherwise, it's just it's too much saturation, I think, for too many big events in, in one year or so. Um, so I like the fact that the LPGA has, has moved off since the PGA Tour, you know, switching, uh, you know, to, to even years so, or to odd years. So, so it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how Spain and Rome goes, though. I'm, I'm really excited to see how that unfolds. The Solheim Cup's never been in Spain before. We're talking with Beth Ann Nichols here on the Augusta Golf Show. Okay, now we get to ask all the questions we asked during the Ryder Cup. Did, did we underestimate the strength of the European team? I, 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 those of us who follow the game a lot uh, I certainly didn't. Uh, this, this was, I believe, the strongest team. And you heard Mel Reed say that. You heard Laura Davies, who should know, she's been on and either on or involved in every one. <laughs> uh, you know, and 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 so I think Judy Rankin, same thing. You know, it's. It was the it was the middle of the team, extremely strong. The middle of the team and, and the bottom of the team. I mean, you, you you didn't have anyone on this European team that that plays full time on the LPGA except for Emily Christine Pedersen, who has who has played on the LPGA before and knows all of these players and, and is killing it over on the LEP. So she's also played in a Solheim Cup before, so she wasn't at all intimidated by the team. Obviously, they put her in the final match on on Monday, but. Uh, you know, so I, I really think that, that this was a, a rock-solid European team, and they came together brilliantly. They had, they, they had great chemistry, and it wasn't just something you, they said in the, in the press room. You watched it unfold on the golf course, and you watched how they interacted, this small band, because they didn't even have their parents out there. It was, it was a few loved ones, a few partners. You know, and, yeah. and, and mostly just caddies and helpers out there. It was a really small group of, of European supporters. You know, with the names that you mentioned on both sides, I mean, and it looks like, it, it looks A, like a changing of the guard, but B, it looks like a great nucleus of, of young players on both sides. A hundred percent. And 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 we should also mention that in the Junior Solheim Cup, the European team won for the first time with a dramatic comeback on U.S. soil. They've never won on U.S. soil before. So I really think that points to what we're going to see in the future, that this contest, which had been lopsided for so long toward the U.S., you know, and it wasn't all that long ago, you know, that we were 10 years ago that we were having a conversation. So, you know, (laughs) should this event change because the Americans are dominating so much? That's that. 
this still, that conversation is still happening, but for different reasons. Not because the contract isn't as close and, and fantastic as it is, but because people still, you know, look at some of the best players in the world that are clearly left out of the competition. So it's, it's the conversation is still happening, but for different reasons. But I, I think. Um, Leona McGuire, everybody's MVP of the event. Who, 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 who would have been second, BA? <laughs> you would have said Jennifer Cupcho until that beatdown. Yeah. <laughs> you had you had the two, you know, MVP candidates of the match squaring off against each other in singles, which, which you know, we it was the match we all wanted to see, which was. Fantastic. I, I, I think for, for Team Europe, you can't, you you know, you look at Matilda Castron, who, who obviously made the putt that retained the cup and, and was uh, seemingly as Eisner veins. And, and they are so similar in the Nordquist, very similar type demeanors, these, these two players, Scandinavian players. And, but Anna Nordquist, the, her presence as, as the leader, she's, she, she leads by example and by performance by, you know, she's been doing this for a long time. She's very different than the, than the vocal emotional leader of a, of a Mel Reed. You know, she is, she is the rock that you can count on that you put out first. And, you know, you really felt that the Americans, Lexi, needed to win that first match really to, to really give the U.S. a strong chance. And, and it was a tight match all the way to the finish, and they obviously ended up having it. But, you know, Anna Nordquist hitting the very first shot of the event on, on Saturday with, with a rocking packed first tee that morning, absolutely striped it. And then, you know, same thing to, to lead off singles. You, you know, you, you can't overstate the importance of, of a player that does not flinch in those moments. She is Beth Ann Nichols. She writes for Golf Week and GolfWeek.com at the Solheim Cup last week. Beth Ann, thank you. Get some rest. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, John. <laughs> Always fun. It's perfect. Yeah, and you can only imagine. And I love the I love the social media stuff from from like the no laying up guys who are referring to the fact is why would anybody be watching Eastlake when when <laughs> when this is going on and and you just wonder what it would have been like if it wasn't against the tour championship. I know. And I asked the I talked to the LPJ about that. I mean, you know, 